Hello and welcome to Campaign Comrades, your favorite leftist game podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and with me as always are my co-hosts. Cut the mic. Going on, it's Matt. Buongiorno, it's a me, Andrew. <laughs> the, the, the West Coast boy doing <laughs> a uh, Brooklyn Italian accent, I see. Uh, and more spaghetti western to me mm-hmm. <laughs> the man it's uh we are we are reeling here at campaign comrades we are you know standing in solidarity with our slighted and uh you know objectified uh cast <laughs> cast member uh you know the actual the actual fredo here in the in the in the group yeah. say mike how, i will how you be doing? making a, a complaint to the screen actors guild <laughs> um so yeah and uh if yeah. if you can't tell, we we are we are referencing the unveiled uh, trailer for the animated Mario movie coming from Illumination Studios in in partnership with Nintendo. Uh, Chris Pratt doing the the Fredophobia of uh, but not Alien the fun erasure. kind. Yeah, he's he's doing erasure, not not uh, stereotyping. So it's basically not doing the fun kind of of Fredophobia which is we want the goofs yeah which is sad to see um yeah he is doing some bit of a brooklyn-esque accent that like only you catch you only catch during like half of what he says which just is so funny to me because he like talks about like he was like talking his shit up he's like I worked really closely with the directors yeah. trying out a few like things you've heard before. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, it's nothing you can't wait for people to hear. It's like nothing you've ever yeah. heard before. And it's just fucking Crip Pratt, <laughs> Chris Pratt voice. Yeah. I think I've heard that one before. You know what it's going to be? And, and it is something we've heard before, not from him, but it's just going to be a, a Tom Hardy Venom <laughs> where there's 18 different accents that he tries out throughout the whole movie. None of them are the same from scene to scene. There's no consistency within a scene. The problem is he's not going to commit to them as hard as Tom Hardy. And, and, and that's oh, yeah, the real Tom Hardy's a psycho. Chris also, Pratt is notably not a psycho. Well, I was here in a different way. way. Uh, yeah, like, in a different way. way. I, I would beg well, to differ. Yeah, yeah. A, di- a different way. Not, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I heard, I was almost hearing like a Bradley Cooper, uh, like trying to be like a Philly accent. Going I, got, I do. I do get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I like abs- I'm not wrong. I could man. hear the, a Philly accent going on throughout that. It's the my other issue is it's just not a high enough register. Like he could he could have thrown his voice up like half an octave at the very least. Like give us a little bit of that. I did see some interesting theories about why it's this version of of the voice and it's like it's you know getting a little a little bit weird in there but it's the fact that charles martinet the actual mario voice actor is on the cast he is in the movie so it's good it's like going to be like where does is it just going to be a cameo is he actually going to do mario at some point there's there's i've got one too and it's just the the whole bit that you get in that first bit of where he gets shot out of the of the pipe and you hear the original game music that it's like mm-hmm. it's this is not like our game version of Mario, and it has something to do with you know Bowser getting the superstar, and like basically you know he's won now he is finally won. What's he going to do tomorrow? And it's the whole thing like it's like Mario doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, but yet Toad knows him. So what's going on there? There's a little bit of yeah. shenaniganry, and it's basically that uh, you know it's going to have to be that. Uh, it's Mario, but it's not the Mario we know. 
uh, Bowser has done done some sort of chicanery to to wipe Mario's memory, and he's got it through throughout the course of the movie. He's got to rediscover what it means to be Mario, and it's like at the end he's going to get the star, and it would just be great if he then turns into Charles Martinet Mario, and it's just woohoo, let's go, and it's like you know the real uh, voice, and and we say fuck you to Chris Pratt and have the real Mario for the final the final fight. Oh my god. See, that's the that's the optimistic take. Uh-huh. My my pessimistic take is that we're gonna hear Charles Martinet as Mario because Chris Pratt is going to be playing Mario in the real world, the original Ooh. game. Ooh. And then Ooh. when Bowser takes the superstar, they're gonna be like, We need a hero, and they're gonna like see like Chris Pratt playing Mario and like good enough. Oh, and pull him suck, in and suck him into the game into Mario. A la uh fucking uh Jumanji. Jumanji, oh, no. uh, a, li- a little bit of Space Jam there if you like squint hard enough. Uh-huh. Oh no! I like Ben's version much so better. much oh, better. Absolutely, I was saying mine is the pessimistic yeah. take. I mean, that's how. I mean, it's both of those in a sense work for how the plot has to has to play out in terms of our our central character can't just know what it means to be Mario. It's got to be that journey of rediscovery, or else we have why, to, why is we there, have to find that Mario in all of us. Yeah, the the real Mario is the yeah the friends we made along the way. Um, you know that's actually going to be part of the story <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like why why else you know why wouldn't it be? I hope that in the secret credits in the end they say that the only the real Mario players are the ones who beat lost levels. <laughs> like everyone else is a, a poser. Um. I don't know, like the we've got like we got little hints of some things. I know, Matt, you're really uh skeptical of the Charlie Day Luigi being very distracting. We only got that little I, bit I of was... him with the not with the I appreciate the, the visual nod at least to Luigi's mansion, but uh you know the Luigi being chased by spooky things, but uh yeah, I don't know. You and I, I was happy to see the penguins make an arrival. Yes. Yeah, after the after the amount of their children that were thrown off cliffs in Mario 64. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they've, they've built it. They, they Hadn't built a kingdom fully, to fully genocided. Sure that, could, that could never happen again. And here comes Bowser uh, to, you know, tear that shit down. But yeah, we got to say in like, we're not alone here. Like the, basically as pull the, the reaction has been incredibly polarized. It's uniform. Basically the Chris Pat Pratt, voice is off it's bad it's just chris pratt um but But jack black jack black however on the other hand is you know can't touch my king jack black uh can we just make jack black the canon voice of bowser can he just do the voiceover for bowser for the rest of his life and i just i like that uh the animation of bowser even looks like jack black you're saying jack black looks like bowser (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, he's a handsome built man. Different, the, but yeah, there was some. We 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 you know didn't get the the Seth Rogen Donkey Kong R.I.P. to that. Um, I mean, we know what it's going to sound like. Yeah, like, <laughs> are, is anyone doubting it's just going to be Seth Rogen? <laughs> no, and I, I like, he's going to do the I, Seth Rogen laugh at some point. There might be some <laughs> like banana joint joke, maybe. And like, I can totally accept being hypocritical in that I will enjoy. Just having Seth Rogen voice, well, yeah, because Donkey Kong. Kong's never sure. had a voice, so like, no, no erasure there. He's just been a ooh ooh ah. I mean, the only bad voice casting 
And the reason that, you know, Charlie Day's Luigi could be potentially distracting is because Chris Pratt is a terrible pick for Mario. We didn't get to hear Anya Taylor-Joy's Peach Yeah, either. we didn't hear Peach. We didn't hear... Uh, I'm not too concerned about that one. No, me neither. I, I'm, uh, I like Michael Key's Toad. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson uh, I, yeah. did a great Kamek. He did a good job of not making Toad as shrill and awful as he could have been. Yeah. Uh, ooh, but like, I'm highly skeptical of Fred Armisen, Cranky Kong. That one, I Isn't got it. Candy gotta, Kong so. in it, too? Wasn't there some? The only ones listed so far are basically all that we've mentioned here. Uh, Sebastian Monastalgalco as Foreman Spike. That's the only other one that's that's actually listed. Who's here. the voice of uh, Kamek? Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson, who is definitely Who's a voice actor. Yeah, you've heard before. No, he's good. He he did a good job. I really enjoyed Kamek. I hope yeah. that the Japanese version there's obviously a japanese version has dio's mm-hmm. voice actor somewhere in it i mean he's so the, the man is absolutely he, he's in everything yeah the man is absolutely yeah. prolific so uh i i wouldn't be surprised um he's bowser oh oh i've come for your 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 stars uh i i am uh i mean this is going to make a whole lot of money just because of all the meme potential you know this is going to be the next the next you know, well, like movies that, make yeah. money nintendo makes money mario makes money chris pratt makes money yeah it's just like movies make money i think not, not, not all, all of them, them. not all of them buddy <laughs> uh i don't know like i i i'm a bit of a chris pratt apologist j- just for the lego movie i thought he did a good job for in the lego movie he the main character of the lego yeah. movie yeah he's he's emmett in in the lego movie huh. um but it's like this is an example. So like he does a good job there, but this is like a prime example of why they should not hire, you know, just big time, big name actors to do voice voiceover roles. Well, they're not good well, at it. They're not good at it. They're simply just not good at it. And there's also a reason that he was particularly good in the Lego movie because Emma is just a nobody. Like, you know, he's Emmett like is a, an average regular- dude. Yeah, exactly. and Chris Pratt has an average dude voice. Uh, exactly, regular, everyday, so it, it, normal guy. It works perfectly there, but Mario has a very specific voice, yeah. and Chris Pratt cannot achieve that. Yeah, so I mean, we 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 watched it before we started recording, but we didn't mention the uh, the French localization for this is what's got everybody excited. Like people, are like, oh, I guess I'm just going to watch this movie in French now because. That voice actor absolutely sounds like Mario, uh, just in a different language. Um, but man, it's got like the pitch and the tenor. Just Hashtag right. not my Mario. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's that that one gets a little bit, you know, goes a little bit against our theories of what uh, what the actual what they're allowed to do. Be. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I feel like they're they you know they've written this plot. Because they've cast uh, Chris Pratt, you know, it's not the fact mm-hmm. that that was their plot. And so, like, oh, let's get a someone who doesn't sound like Mario to have them, you know, should have hired whatever. Jared Leto and let him method act it for like three <laughs> years. Just become just become a plumber <laughs> who never does any plumbing. 
I mean, like, if you've seen House of Gucci, you would know that he probably could do a pretty great Mario accent because he, like, borders up on it for that movie. It's it's pretty excellent. Uh, yeah, man, that would that would be something else. Um, all right, but that's uh, that's that's what we've been it's been dominating the the internets for you know since since it it's 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 release. Morbio um, we'll still and probably still yeah probably still will be talked about by the time this episode comes out. Um, but Nintendo is not the only company that is looking to make you know more. Media. Cross media, yeah, adaptations of its video game properties. There, this is the first of stories that we've got a bunch of uh, a bunch of moves being made from various industry players. But uh, let's we'll, we'll move into this one. Sony, after acquiring just over just over fourteen percent of From Software, is looking to capitalize on the absolute unqualified success of Elden Ring and just, you know, the From Software legacy IP. Um, it should be noted that that Elden Ring is is riding high. They are currently leading the, the count for nominations for the upcoming Golden Joystick Awards. They were nominated for Best Multiplayer Game, Best Visual, which is why that one's wild to me. Um, best multiplayer game, best visual design, PlayStation game of the year, and studio of the year for FromSoft. Yeah, I but, attribute best multiplayer game to the fact that there weren't that many great multiplayer launches this year. Yeah. Forever. Uh, really? Not, well, yeah, not, I'm just saying in, this year in particular yeah. hasn't had any yeah. of the big names like Overwatch 2 is one of the bigger names, I guess, for multiplayer yeah. games. Right. Right. But yeah, they're obviously looking to you know keep riding that uh, that high, and we also you know can't forget Sony is above all, uh, you know, a media company. Yeah, and they uh, you know so they're talking about uh, and this was part of a recent interview, which will get us to our next stories. Uh, this was you know Sony Interactive head Herman Holst, uh, you know, in an interview that was translated had um they've got nothing necessarily to announce for the moment but that they uh you know that they fully expect to do tv and and uh movie adaptations from soft properties uh, like a couple years ago i was detailing to a buddy um an idea i'd had that would have worked that i thought uh, if you'd done taken dark souls the first one and you broke it into sections. So you did like the the Knights of Gwyn as like your first season or your first movie. And you follow like Knight Artorius through to his downfall. And then you do your second one as like the rise of uh, like the first undead, which would be your player character from, you know, Dark Souls 1. Have that be like season two, movie two or whatever. And then chunk three to the fu- the final chosen undead because we skip over Dark Souls two because it's poopy, <laughs> and we go straight to the end at Dark Souls three, and basically each one would end with uh, like facing your former protagonist. What, what do you think? What do you think? And as like our real resident uh, from head, uh, what do you think that like and you're the one who's really like embedded in the in the fan base? What do you think the the fans are, are going to how they're going to react to these? These series because part of like what makes FromSoft games so popular is the 
the mystique and the ambiguity of its story. It leaves so much room for interpretation and exploration and uh, you know, the, the the plumbing the depths of the unknown is is part of what draws people in, whereas putting things down into a quote unquote, you know, canon kind of idea is going to uh, deteriorate that that you know, that experience. And it's obviously not going to please certain people if they like that this is the story they're trying to tell. Whereas, you know, like I do think it's going to be interesting to it's like it is an incredibly visual, you know, their IP is incre- an incredibly visually striking element that's they rely on environmental storytelling so you know it can be definitely a a, a something that looks good but it really will like whatever story they're telling it's gonna potentially i think ruffle some feathers but i'm interested in what you're what you think about that it's an interesting uh idea because when you look at the um, some of the top content that's created around souls um i've mentioned it to you guys before um vati vidya his mm-hmm. series where he breaks the lore of the movies that are movies woo, lore of the games down uh, based on, you know, item descriptions and like context clues. And he kind of like chunks it out for people like that gets uh, millions of views yeah. every time he drops a video. And like the, the community itself is um, more or less grateful for some of his work because, you know, he's making some of that easier for people. So you don't have to, you know, check every nook and cranny to get every item, to read every item description, to like piece the whole story together. You have one aggregate that can lay it all out for you after your playthrough or something like that. So do you, you, do know, you think up the stuff you missed? Do you think Vati is going to be brought on as a as an EP? As I mean, a, as, a, as an executive producer for for it, he should be because like, 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 like uh, you know the. The FromSoft people are going to be like, I don't know. What does the story mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally what Miyazaki would say. Like, yeah. Just be like, it's like, yeah, it's like, is I don't that know. the story? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. I mean, you I can see that being something they do just because some of the uh, lore videos he's put out recently in particular have been very cinematic. He's been pushing more towards cinematic videos rather than uh, speaking over than showing in, yeah, it's been showing yeah. outrageous flow charts. Yeah. <laughs> Man, some of those are hard to are hard to get through. What bothers me most about this is the fact that they're probably going to get George on board with us for the El- for the Elden Ring one. Yeah, yeah, and even more reason we will never ever see. Again, I, I think again. I this, am with Ben this, on this. This, this is a tangent. Yeah, I mean, this is a tangent. But uh, speaking of George and the Game of Thrones books, we'll put it down here in in podcast. What what are the official podcast stance on the Game of Thrones books? Are is that they are already written, um, but that they will not Release be published. When he's dead. It will not be published until the man is dead because he knows re- the fan reaction is going to be bad. He knows, like he he's tried to distance himself from like oh they didn't involve me at all in the last few seasons whereas we know that's bullshit and we know that he gave them the the you know the Outline. overarching the outlines for the ending yeah. so he knows that the fans uh, aren't gonna like what he's got but so if he's, he's dead like, then it's po- post mortem uh, respect yeah and he's made enough money he doesn't need to worry about their their financial success his estate is gonna be fine. You know, so it's just be like, uh, yeah, they can deal with that. I don't need to. I don't need to deal with that. You know, I can go 
you know dick around on a yeah on a film set on a movie set and 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 have fun uh, and, I don't need to and, actually and name deal... spooky crabs. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need to actually deal with criticism. Right, because he hates his fans at this point. Like he's pretty. I think he's pretty upfront about that. <laughs> no, they are. They are already. Written. They're so already self self loathing yeah. is real. Yeah, there. There are. They are already written. They're in a vault somewhere, and will be released upon his death. That uh, that is that is the the firm stance of which the podcast takes. But uh, yeah, back to that. So yeah, it's I uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna watch these because again I feel like they will be visually striking at the very least. You know, there's they're they're gonna look good, and it's just like I just don't know how well the 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 amb- the ambiguous storytelling of From Software makes its yeah, way be. into, into so like it's one more like explicit the media. two that stand out to me that would work the best would be bloodborne and sekiro as yeah. they have yeah, more yeah, of yeah, a yeah, coherent yeah. uh drawn out story yeah. sekiro in particular would be yeah. amazing i think you're right about that one yeah. i did i didn't i didn't i didn't put that one in if some reason i always forget about sekiro but um i think that that is probably very true And you know, would be right up Sony's alley. Anyways, yeah, you know, they're they're already doing the Ghost of Tsushima video or the movie. They do Ghost and... of Tsushima. They do Sekiro. Then they do Sekiro versus Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be watching if they if they do it. But yeah, it'll be a while before anything comes out. But. You know, they'd be kind of Sony would be kind of foolish to not try to capitalize on. It. I mean, they're already doing hell. They're yeah, making they're a fucking Grand Turismo movie. Like yeah. you're telling me they're not gonna they're not gonna do something with FromSoft. You know that that's that would just be outrageous. Um, but so from from that that uh, interview that I mentioned previously, um, we've got further discussion about how Sony is continuing to invest in in PC, mobile, and Boo live service games. Um, they are is they continuing to release PC games, some that are coming what later ironic this year. Name. For, for what? Boo live service games? Or were you adding the Boo? No, I was adding Boo. I was, oh, okay. I was going to say that's actually... That's, no. Okay, okay, okay. No. Did you think a Boo live service game? Something about, something about <laughs> no, I did Boo. Uh, no, I'm saying Majin Boo. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my own editorializing. That Boo live service, we don't like it. No, uh, if, if you did that on Reddit, your post would have been banned for editor- editorializing <laughs> yeah, the article. Yeah. Uh, they so yeah, they're continuing to release PC games, which definitely we I know we all support here. Uh, some coming later this year are Spider-Man Miles Morales, Sackboy: A Big Adventure, and the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Um, the Last of Us Part One remake is also coming to PC, but the date has Returnal not been, was has also not been one of those like floating in the ether ones, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, so one thing he, one thing that that the uh, the name Herman Holst makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what Herman is saying is that these single player games that are coming to PC, the strategy is largely going to be uh, that it, they they'll come a year after console but that live service games will be day and date. And, and just, it's which makes sense, sense to yeah. an extent with like 
their own uh, ownership of Bungie. So like Destiny 3 being day and date, P- PC and PS makes sense. Yeah, but remember also that yeah, at some point, Sony uh, plans to launch 10 live service games until 2026. We'll have like Last of Us factions. Uh, the probably that that Horizon, yeah, uh, multiplayer Horizon. game. That's, that's you'll have being... a Destiny three in there definitely somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, Destiny two keeps getting like better and better like reviews from what I see. It's like it was like, yeah. oh, it's not. It always gets revived and yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, yeah. We, we we know we're we're critical of live the live service model here and kind of sucks to see them kind of uh you know going all in but and then there's you know they're they're also pushing their mobile initiative which i thought i had it here in the notes i forget what they you know sony made their they made their own uh mobile mobile studio purchase that it's like the name is at the back of my head but they that happened earlier this year savage game studios um so they're pushing on with that you know they're they're moving all their ip you know they're you know that's it's one thing that again that that you can't deny that they have you know a clear uh advantage in their back catalog of of established ip that they're just going to be able to you know make some you know make mobile versions of whatever you know. I was gonna say to port PS2 and PS1 games to mobile is not a very difficult process at this point. PS3 is where it gets funky because the PS3 is its own animal from processing. Like it had like a special gem, CPU APU architecture that made rendering like different on it than yeah, any that, other console. That's why like you can only stream PS3 games yeah. through PS Plus now. And speaking of PS Plus. Uh, data miners have. I don't know if you saw this, Matt. Dug into Spider Man yeah. remastered the 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 recent PC release and have found evidence for a PS a PC launcher uh, that will some that will connect to PS Plus and cloud streaming. Which people were talking about. I remember when PS Plus was announced, they're like, "Oh, the people who actually lose here were PS Now subscribe PC players because yeah. like it was like." uh ps now was like or uh was getting removed which was the only way that they that pc players could access playstation games and there was no way to bring ps plus into the pc uh environment but until that's the that was the next logical step of their program was to move it towards a pc-based launcher as well and potentially either like book it in to the top tier plan where it's like you get it on pc as well or create another tier where like you get everything on ps and pc can't can't how uh xbox does it with uh goal uh what's it uh game pass ultimate works Mm -hmm. that way where it's both platforms you know just i can't wait to have another just yet another uh pc launcher cluttering cluttering up space on my fucking desktop we, we don't know yet if they're going to take away direct launch from Steam mm-hmm. with this or if this will just be like, oh, if you have the PS Plus, you can load that on your computer and access the games through that instead yeah. of having Steam or whatnot. Uh, this is a this is a tangent as well. But while we're talking about quickly talking about launchers, I don't have this in the notes, but because this was new, something about uh, 
uh, EA is getting rid of Origins or replacing Origins with something else. Didn't yeah. Origins replace something else that they had already? No, they're replacing yeah. it with like the EA launcher or whatever, right? That's been well, in beta EA, forever. EA has EA Play and oh, yeah, yeah, um, is Origin EA? I thought Origin was Ubi. No, Origin is EA. Ubisoft yeah. has its own thing. It's just Ubisoft Connect. It's just, yeah, Ubisoft Connect. Yeah. Yeah, Origin. Or, Origin is the. Oh, yeah, because it was Battlefront 2. That's why I had Origin Launcher. Because I had a coworker who wanted to play Battlefront 2 one night and then never again. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just the EA app, the one that's been in beta for yeah forever. for literally years, like two at least over two years at this point. It's been in beta. And yeah, they're just that's just going to be completely subsuming Origin, which uh, again, it's like an app that I will only ever a launcher that I will only ever use if I absolutely have to. I consider Origin Launcher to be malware. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it turns its permissions back on which i think is scummy which is why i don't like it that's fucking annoying that is scummy it's like i would i would always go in and be like no do not open on like boot of computer and like like every second time i would turn my computer on it'd be like oh i'm here again <laughs> right right on launch you want to use me come on open battlefront 2 you know you want to there there have been some more uh industry movers and shakers you know getting stuff done behind the scenes uh you know the big big uh gaming uh you know tentacle monster uh tencent is you know further you know in seeking to you know increase increase its control over uh you know foreign markets and foreign publishers and most most analysts are saying you know it's largely being driven as much you know tencent denies this but is largely being driven <laughs> because because china is strengthening their their regulations on so, these large these large conglomerates back at home. I have a th- so I have they a only on that. basically the their only you way have to, to also grow remember is, that China also regulated gaming for younger people. Yeah, no, so it's like just, they, they, timing. Yeah, they're controlled so like their growth policy. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, Andrew, what what is your what is I, your I have a theory here that China made those rules specifically to encourage these companies to go global so that they can. Uh, Increase their increase their power across across the globe and and become the number one world power through video games. Yeah, that'll be Embracer Group. The President President G, we salute you. We're ready. We're ready to. He's go. ten uh, steps ahead at all times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tencent is there, but they're switching up their acquisition strategy. You know, largely what they had been doing was getting little bits of stakes in in companies all over the place little minority stakes here and there but they are now quote moving to aggressively seeking to own majority or controlling stakes in overseas companies the so this will add to same so this will add (laughs) so add to their they have a currently have a 40 percent stake in epic they've got shares in activision ubisoft pubg studio (laughs) uh, the pubg studio parent company Krafton. Platinum games from software. I think they've got a similar percentage in from software. Yeah, Sony, Sony, Sony has 14%. I think Tencent has nine or ten. Yeah, it's they're it's close. They, they bought similar chunks. Sony had a smaller chunk beforehand. How it worked, if I remember. But the, yeah, Tencent up until this point has had fewer full acquisitions. Currently they own 
hundred percent. I don't know. Forty percent of Epic sounds like near Epic. damn near a full percent. I was to me. A, or yeah, damn near close to a controlling interest. That's that's absolutely true, undeniable. But they own a hundred percent of Funcom, Riot Games, Sumo, Turtle Rock, Digital Extremes, and Splash Damage. Um, but yeah, they're they're so they they remain the the number this even before the so you know, much money. Changed, they're the you know the yeah the the number one in terms of revenue. They uh, yeah they yeah got, they just bankrolled that Logitech handheld as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've got their they've got their you know their fingers in every pie when it comes to when it comes to gaming, um, including some of these media companies that are starting to you know do some of this again cross media push, which is we're seeing more and more and more. Um. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to see what yeah where they're going to come, and I'm interested to see how it will potentially play into uh, you know regulatory efforts that are that we will we will be talking about in just a moment. But um, the last little bit, yeah, of industry news is not really uh, you know say game studio, you know, but it's still gaming adjacent. Uh, Fandom, the world's largest pl- uh, fan platform, has acquired a portfolio of different entertainment and gaming brands, including uh, Ventures, GameSpot, Metacritic, TV Guide, Game FAQs, Giant Bomb. Which that means so that that means that <laughs> they they got they got the boy Jeff Grubb. Um, isn't he isn't he part of Giant Bomb? Yeah. Uh, Cord Cutters News and Comic Vine. Um, don't you just love when media consolidates mm-hmm. fuck i didn't even know tv guys they'll all share the same opinion yes yeah i didn't e- i didn't even know that tv guide was still a fucking thing same it's like, the, like they're still sending circulars to your grandparents yeah like, for sure a, man that, that that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a lucrative market the, i I've guess seen like a joke trailer for it where it was like you ever want to watch uh, a psych, a like never-ending cycle of what's on TV, with half the screen being a paid-for ad. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, or or maybe not. Maybe it's victim still of going. the streaming wars. Yeah, I, I still I follow Phantom on YouTube just for the the honest game trailers. That's it. Always a good one. That's it. Um. But like I was like, wow, yeah, honest game trailer guy. Like you know, he's he's making money moves. Epic, yeah. Yeah, epic voice guy is you know <laughs> making money moves here. Get that. I bag. like when I hear him in like other media. Yeah, no, he's he's got a, a lot of work done. He he was the he was the head guy. Remember we, when I was streaming, you were like you were looking into it. He was the yeah the head guy in XCOM too. He was the he was the chat like the the. What did they call it the the you know the shadowed uh council member guy who you never saw his face yeah hello commander it was that he was that fucking guy um but yeah i mean i yeah i know obviously GameSpot. that's a you know that's a a quote unquote games journalism media <laughs> you say that of of all of the games journalism media outlets that's one of them yeah it's that one does more like yeah it's more that one's more they're more active basically on youtube and stuff um but metacritic is interesting that the fact that they purchased that controlling ratings 
is is interesting. But so the thing is, though, it's not like this is a studio that's doing this. I know that would be yeah. what's weird. That would be that would be like until you see who owns fandom and then what they <laughs> own. And then, yeah. It all turns out to be the uh, whatever no, that was. I wouldn't, be the... surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a holding company that's owned by Tencent. <laughs> Because that's we've talked about in the past too. That's like a big thing with how how Tencent did their shit. Even if they didn't seem to have direct control, they like yeah they owned the company. Owned, who owned the... yeah they owned the complete stakes in yeah whatever this random ass holding company that had the 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 stake in whatever the, the minority stake. Yeah, because that that's how Tencent owns Reddit. Is the the joke there? Is that mm. they own the majority stake of a company who owns like thirty percent of Reddit? I just love capitalism and corporate law. It's my favorite. You're just jealous that you can't own a holding company that can own every other company. You're right. I am. Say, don't don't you love uh, you know how our say our our governments both uh, you know here at here in the U.S. and abroad are you know doing their damnedest to regulate all this shit. They're they're doing, they're doing it for my best intention. They trust me. No, they believe I in mean, me. Yeah. Why would America want to regulate this? We're just, <laughs> you know, a bunch of corporations in a trench coat, anyways. Uh. So yeah, that that gets us to our. I'm our, actually three tre- uh three trench coats in a person. The uh, you know this is this will be like you know the major story till it either goes through and then people will probably never talk about it again. Or, or if it doesn't go through, or if it it'll doesn't be a major story. Yeah. But uh, there, you know, the Activision deal is moving along despite all sides' best efforts to tank it. You know, it's that's what's that's what always is so funny to me. It's like that they're doing all this this shit that's just like so so bad and so uh, suspect. Yet, you know, things just keep on chugging along, as we say. There's they they can't these deals are too big to fail. They literally can't do anything that will actually jeopardize the the possibility of it going through um and so the first one uh being that the national labor relations board has found that activision uh you know did did union busting uh big surprise here but you know that they Mm -hmm. illegally (laughs) illegally withheld raises for qa testers at raven um when they were campaigning to form a union so you guys probably remember this story we talked about it when it happened but you know the investigation has finally uh you know, come back, you know, as we, as we here on the pod knew was going to, knew was the case, which is funny. Again, it's like, we know that this was illegal, but is anything going to happen yeah. from it? Yeah. No, because the NLRB no, they'll be has, fined has no teeth. Toothless. Yeah. If like anything, they'll be fined a small amount that really is meaningless to them. So just for, and it's probably still less. Just, well, yeah, just fines are just the cost of business, baby. Yeah. But just, it's in, yeah, it's less than it would cost to give the budgeted for uh, it. You know, say to give yeah. these these raise in- increases, um, but so just just for to refresh any listeners who may not either not have have paid attention or you know may have forgotten um, that while the Game Workers Alliance, the union at Raven, was in the process of organizing, mm-hmm. Activision converted uh, just over a thousand QA contractors to full time staffers and increased the minimum wage to twenty dollars per hour. Um, however, they excluded conveniently excluded all workers at Raven, um, who were among the lowest paid in the studio. Um, the 
the spokespeople for Activision at the time claimed that due to laws under the uh, neighbor, yeah, I was gonna say, the wasn't National it a, Labor they were Relations Act. They trying to Act. hide behind the law and say it was like, we can't do it for the union people because then it's coercion. Yeah, so the company wasn't allowed to change mm-hmm. the pay rate of its employees in the midst of a union effort. The CWA, the Communication Workers of America, the the group that is, or the union that is representing uh the the raven workers you know i said that this was an absolutely disingenuous attempt at union instinct and the nlrb has come back and said yes this is the case but <laughs> but uh, you're right that's not that's not going to stop them from doing similar shit to like say like the albany group that's still that's still organizing which has gone silent from at least from what i've heard i have not heard much of anything come out of that camp that's by while. design well, I mean, it's good practice for the for the the organizers. You know, they they, they mm-hmm. want to keep that shit internal and and uh, you know keep those cards close to the chest. They obviously absolutely don't want to be you know broadcasting their plans out there. But you know, haven't seen any uh, haven't seen any outrageous uh, you know acts acts of union busting like we like we've seen. Six months from now, we're gonna be like. Oh, whatever happened to that? We're going to look into it, and they're going to have liquidated the studio and moved mm-hmm. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which they basically already did. They, those were, the, those were the vicarious. Those were like the those were the vicarious visions people. Um. <laughs> so uh, the next, in the next little bit again. It's like, man, Activision is just such a fucked up company uh yep. like that just like again should be just you know we should we should you know burn that sucker down uh you know, give all their employees good jobs in at other studios yeah uh but uh so let's look at this one uh controversial activision executive francis townsend <laughs> steps down steps down from her position but assumes an advisory role for the board so she was <laughs> she was the chief compliance officer nice. um she was a controversial figure before joining Activision Blizzard. Get this. In the early two, 2000s, during the invasion of Iraq, she held the position of assistant to the president of Homeland Security and counterterrorism under George Bush. Um, the, uh, the Washington Post reported in 2004 that Townsend turned the infamous Abu Ghraib prison during the height of the U.S. military's torturing of prisoners at the facility. According to the Post, uh, an officer at the prison told U.S. Army investigators that Townsend pressured him to extract more and better information from prisoners in his capacity as head of the Joint Interrogation and Debriefing Center, which should just be translated as the Torture Center. More torture. uh, The Torture and Dehumanization uh, and Humiliation Center at Abu Ghraib. Townsend, for her part, denied witnessing abusive prisoners during her tour. No, but uh, she just told him to do the torture better. Yeah, don't take pictures of it, you idiots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Discreetly. And, yeah, but why she's controversial for her time at Activision uh, is that in 2021... The exact same thing. Yeah, do, <laughs> yeah. No, doing torture, but like, yeah, dis- discounting the times of like, yeah, emotional and mental torture. Um the so in in July of 2021, near the outbreak of all the the Activision controversies uh, surrounding the workplace culture, uh, Townsend emailed employees 
uh, about all these allegations against the company, claiming that the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing lawsuit, quote, presented a distorted and untrue picture of Activision Blizzard, <laughs> including factually incorrect, old and out of context stories from some more from than a decade ago. Uh, but of course, after she steps down, Bob, you know, chief shithead Bobby Kotick is like, oh, she did a great fucking job. Uh, you know, we love we love Francis. She's a great she's a great lady. Uh, you know, do never tortured me. Severance yeah. package. Yeah. Never, never tortured me or any of my other executives. Um, but, um, uh, unconsensually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True, true. Plenty yeah. of consensual. Yeah. She did some consensual cock and ball torture, but that's uh, that's irrelevant <laughs> for these discussions. Many people are saying it. <laughs> but, oh, man, it's just like you can't make this shit up. You, you can't make this shit up like you know that that you know the uh a chief executive here in uh you know a video game company was was uh, a torture person you know Tor- like, yeah like that's <laughs> wild to me torture. well yeah so imagine you have to go negotiate with your manager on a pay raise and it's the <laughs> chief torture uh executive from the bush administration <laughs> you you walk into the room the door closes it's a Fifteen degrees colder than the rest of the building. It's just a box. Your it's, chair it's, is it's literally the boo box. It's yeah. literally the, the boo oh, box. No. Your chair is bolted to the ground and hardened steel. Yeah, and they just so they, it's uncomfortable. They, they they wheel out uh fucking uh what's his name from um Casino Royale to do to do the non consensual <laughs> to do the non consensual uh <laughs> cock and ball torture. I think his name is uh, Sharif or something like that. Le Sheaf. Le Sheaf. Yeah, it's Le Sheaf. Yeah, it's it's just. uh, Some say that Daniel Craig or actually did that. (laughs) Did yeah? Did did the cock and ball torture? Um, But for some reason, I'm blanking on the on the on the the actor who is you know. uh, Mads Mikkelsen, yeah, yeah, it's, they're, they're yeah, bring, it's Mads Mikkelsen. They're, they're bringing out Mads Mikkelsen in the mocap suit for, for <laughs> you know the, the next Death Stranding, and he's doing he's doing cock and ball torture to you, but non consensually. Um, the yeah, oh, man, this again, you just you, you can't make this shit up. It's just uh, you know, it's a it's a huge, it's just a you know a large cesspool that uh, uh, man, it just it makes me very sad and very mad. Just. Um, just the fact that like the place that's getting investigated for workplace harassment issues employed as their chief compliance officer, someone aligned with the Abu Garib prison scandal and torturing just like you couldn't write that yourself. That not just someone involved, you know, like, yeah, a little, like, little more than just yeah, like, literally told the them, yeah, literally told them to do more torturing. Yeah. Just, You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough torturing, folks. Man. Uh, yeah. If a writer's room came up with that, they to, would yeah. be laughed at. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, and like you wonder how, yeah, like how these industries are able to, yeah, dehumanize their employees. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you just put a laugh track, that's on nothing. It, it sounds like a sitcom. Yeah, so that's <laughs> nothing. That's nothing compared to what what this lady's done. Um, but yeah, don't we love? Don't we love the boss bitches? Don't we love? Uh, the, you know the girl boss. Yeah, girl boss. Can, can, can you see it now? You're sitting there in your your desk and like, oh, the new boss is coming in. They're like, I heard she was part of the torture yeah. uh, group for the Bush administration. <laughs> then the elevator opens up and she walks out and like she like trips and like laugh track plays. It's like, oh, you know, she's not that scary. Breaking the glass ceiling onto your head. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Uh, so, yeah, that's the Activision side of it. Um, Microsoft is, uh, you know, they're, they're, you well, know, Microsoft will save us, right? They'll make it better. They're doing everything they can to like make this deal seem <laughs> absolutely laughable. Um, that page is wild. Yeah, they put out this this the fact that if you it have is to very put out thirsty. if if you have to put out a website to like you know trying to like you know tell uh regulators tell like, everyone how good the deal is. Yeah, like you know that something's gone wrong. Um there's just an entire page of just quotes that are supposed to help convince them that this is a good move and not problematic. Um I'm not even going to bother. The nice things people are saying how like, wish they like, would attribute those to the actual people who said them. It's like uh random C-suite. Reddit user 27. <laughs> yeah, or the or um, the C suite, one of the two. Yeah. Like definitely not paid for Twitter posts by like a marketing intern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna waste our time going through all the quotes because we've heard plenty of these these things and discussed them when they came out in real time. And they're just, you know trotting all these things out again but like the ones that i'll bring your attention to again are like the they they have they've they're asserting over and over again um that's and you know they continue to double down that uh and pulling up all these quotes about like how you know sony is on board with this we've had we had a we had a perfect phone call um you know like uh, we, Tim Ryan, was he was crying for more call. he said it was amazing <laughs> best deal ever uh, yeah, it, but surprisingly, in fact, Sony is not cool with this deal. In in fact, Jim Ryan, uh, the, you know the Sony to CEO, Brussels. yeah, flew to the EU headquarters in Brussels on the eighth of September to voice con- uh, concerns. Uh, you know, over over the deal, um, it was so- same sources that like that broke this bit are also saying that Google has voiced similar concerns. Which I just thought was interesting because uh, they've done, uh, they're differentiating themselves, say, it like, uh, you know, as the big tech company to oppose it, whereas, you know, Meta has been all on board. We've talked about that on uh, Meta's on a previous one. Got some shit going on. But like, it's not yeah, like Meta's Google has trying to stay a company. <laughs> it's not like I think Google the funniest thing I've seen about Meta problems. is that they were like trying to convince their employees to use Horizon. They were like, please use our virtual meta verse, please. And everyone was like, no. Have you seen how bad it is? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, so all this, all these efforts on both sides are just absolutely laughable. Yet we see that, again, it, it's going it, to, it, it means nothing. Because, uh, yeah, we we talked about it a while, a while back, you know, like the, it was thinking like, oh, there's all these concerns brought up. Um, all these these issues being addressed in uh, the in Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, uh, which is localized as CADE, C-A-D-E. Um, but they've recently come out and said that they approve the merger with no restrictions. Their uh, their quotes are interesting, and I kind of want to read them for you guys just to get to see how their argument where their arguments fall and see how you guys um if you agree or not um because i think they make some valid points but um doesn't mean it's good but so they say considering the huge popularity of call of duty it is reasonable to infer that if activision blizzard comes or if activision blizzard games were no longer available on sony consoles playstation users could decide to migrate to xbox or even a pc to continue having access to franchise games 
On the other hand, it's also reasonable to assume that if upcoming Call of Duty games became exclusive to the Microsoft ecosystem, players loyal to the PlayStation brand could simply abandon series, migrating their demand to other games available on their favorite console. Um, Despite this, one cannot rule out the possibility that Microsoft may deem potentially profitable to adopt an exclusivity strategy on Activision Blizzard games, even if a decision in this direction could result in the sacrifice of a relevant part of sales, users, and even the Call of Duty popularity. Uh, Which is like, that's a direct contradiction to what uh, Microsoft has said. It's like, it makes no business sense for us to limit who can... Who can play this game where, you know, they completely, uh, you know, allied the fact that, yeah, it's like, yeah, but you're still putting it on Game Pass, which, uh, you know, day and date, which is just absolutely not the same as expecting PlayStation owners to pay $70 for the next Call of Duty. So they say this is because in theory, such a strategy could contribute to boosting Xbox sales, expanding the Game Pass subscriber base and strengthening the network effects on the Microsoft ecosystem in order to offset any loss of revenue from the sale of games on the short term. Exclusive games are a benchmark of competition between Microsoft and Sony, although no company has so far developed or acquired an exclusive game that has decisively shifted the balance in favor of a console. This is because proprietary exclusive games are less popular and represent less revenue than third-party AAA games, which until then are available on Xbox and PlayStation. Their reports concluded that, uh, saying, as already seen, Nintendo does not currently rely on any content from Activision Blizzard to compete in the market. In turn, Sony has several predicates. Strength of the world's leading brand for more than 20 years, extensive experience in the sector, Largest user base, largest installed base of consoles, robust catalog catalog of exclusive games, partnerships with multiple publishers, brand loyal consumers, etc., which should contribute to maintaining the competitiveness of PlayStation in a possible post-operation scenario, even in the face of possible loss of access to Activision Blizzard content. So I think largely it's probably true. It's like it's the we've talked about yeah. m- moving moving Call of Duty to exclusively on xbox and the microsoft ecosystem i mean sony themselves has the data to prove that those deals do have an impact but not an impact that's going to make that you know that's going to run them out of business no yeah they're not going to ever be run out of business no this is this is all good what for the most part like accurate analysis as to what will happen here um the real issue that they're not addressing it all is then like what happens after this merger in terms of other corporations wanting to buy up other players and then like that's that's where this starts to get like bad for everyone is when it becomes just truly these three main players like it will excuse me three you're forgetting about tencent my friend yeah you're right four well, that, I, you know, it's, it's really, honestly, I've lied. It's one big player because Tencent's going to buy all of them and <laughs> that'll be it. Be done. It'll be Tencent versus Nintendo. And Nintendo yeah. will still have a, a niche. A tale as old out. as time. Tencent yeah, do what Nintendo don't. Yeah, we, we've talked about it before. Yeah, that Nintendo is like its own beast and like has a has a lower ceiling in terms of their, their market share, but... Uh, a higher floor you know it's like they are they do its own thing they're the only ones who basically do all you have to do is release a mario a zelda and then like one other legacy uh split on a new console (laughs) and you've got a console 
done. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just like it's it is yes, large. I think you're right, Andrew. It's like this. This is this is uh, you know largely correct analysis, but uh, kind of misses the forest through the trees type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so they are the second now regulatory group, if we can call whatever Saudi Arabia's uh, government. <laughs> I mean, like this isn't show. far off of that yeah, level of Brazil, Bolsonaro. Yeah. yeah, but they also are an enormous market. Yeah, Brazil is huge. Brazil. I just know that Bolsonaro likes to make uh, decisions to distract from his pooping problems. <laughs> um, but also in like the 18 bouts of COVID his, his, yeah, his son, he gets COVID his, every month <laughs> his sons are gamers they are oh did you guys speaking of Bolsonaro did you guys see the bit where he did like a campaign event in GTA yeah in, in Grand Theft Auto no. yes I did in like oh, GTA online or something yeah they, they went around in in uh in, in it, like basically a uh, you know a car with speakers on it and were plastic you know, song yeah. for Bolsonaro come to brazil it's hilarious uh so yeah that, that was funny um okay we've we still got a little bit of time here so we've got a few other little extra story things that th- these this these ones kind of move in with the the similar uh you know moves being made on the executive fronts uh of all these companies but we've got these uh, names you know, man the names of ha- these people so we already talked about francis townsend or whatever the the uh is that was that was actually her yeah her name yeah Townsend, yeah that was yeah. her name um but so we this one is funny to me is also very funny to me mainly because again we love to see ubisoft continue taking ills but ubisoft's chief creative officer igor mansu mansu i don't know how you pronounce that um will step down next month after only a year in the job <laughs> doing lots of creativity there um but uh, you know our our boy our boy Yves, uh made a made a statement saying for personal reasons Igor has expressed his desire to step away from Ubisoft and following this decision we want to update you on how we're approaching this transformation um, from now until his departure at the end of November Igor will be dedicated to <laughs> accompanying laughing every time we say Igor and justly so. Um, <laughs> So Igor will be dedicated to accompanying the evolution of the structure into specific polls organized by key segments for Ubisoft so that it is better adapted to the variety of our portfolio and unique needs of each project. Can somebody translate that for me? Buzzword, 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 <laughs> oh my buzzword. God. Like that means nothing. Literally nothing. That, that's we don't we're not making this guy do anything for the last month of his time here. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's, what again, a way to work. But that's just he a probably proof. got all these jobs are are make work. All yeah. these positions are just make work yeah. jobs for fucking rich fail sons. The man probably got onboarded for a month, did nothing for like three ish months, had like one project given to him, and then they're like, eh. It was like, eh, yeah. It was in a lot of meetings. <laughs> it was in a lot of meetings, yeah. sent a good amount of emails. Yeah. Was his, there. His, his harassment president. numbers were not high enough. Yeah, got to got to pump his numbers. Enough time. Like he, he was like enjoying time. the harassment. Yeah. Well, so like they're was, trying to get better, so they got rid of him. This was <laughs> the guy who replaced uh, a his predecessor. Who it doesn't say was actually uh, accused of uh, being sage. a harasser, but 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 left during the 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 reckoning with purge. all the allegations. Yeah, the great purge that Ubisoft did <laughs> after all that shit came to light. Oh, yeah, dang. so this guy. 
that I had had led the Writers Republic studio, Ubisoft and Anansi, 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 something something French. French. Um, yeah, so it's like again, these 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 executives are fucking just hilarious people to me. Um, this one that has a potential a little bit more meat to it, and it's a little bit uh, you know, it's tie in on multiple fronts. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, the company that owns uh, Dungeons and Dragons, has appointed former Microsoft e-commerce vet as the new senior VP of D&D. This guy, Dan Rawson, is, his position is a new one and cr- some make work stuff created as part of Wizards plan to apply uh, all their, their new resources to the, the digital side since their acquisition of D&D Beyond. So this guy was formerly the chief operating officer of Microsoft Dynamics 365. And according to the press release, he brings decades of leadership in strategic business, e-commerce, and product management. Uh, so this is all has to do with, with Wizards trying to accelerate. Monetize the pro- D&D Beyond. Yeah, they're accelerating the process to capturing more of the online audience. Through through that type of stuff, but yes, they're gonna they're they're bringing the microtransactions to D and D, folks. Yeah. Hell yeah! We Meta- said this in Web in three. Matt, Web three. Just pay three dollars to get a net twenty. <laughs> Matt and I, Matt, when Matt and I did the the the, the the episode, just the two of us on the the, the new the new D and uh, updates. If we talked about this, how they're moving D and D into like they're abandoning additions and making it a a they're making a physical product into a live service live model. service yeah. and so that includes you know all the e-commerce bullshit that comes with it so uh fuck that sucks that's that's shitty yeah. uh, can't wait to buy a horse armor pack mm-hmm. for yeah for for your for your steed who you who you forget you own and and leave in some random fucking town mm-hmm <laughs> Never see again. Never see again. Um, you spent like hundred gold on to, and when you were level one, and, and to get that hundred gold, you needed uh, ten Ethereum. Yeah. Oh God. I just can't wait to play uh, third edition D anD. d Just we go back to monk, return to monk, yeah, return, <laughs> return, reject modernity, embrace tradition. Uh, okay. okay so. I only want to play original D anD. d that Gary Gygax created. <laughs> that full. That's full of the racism. Yeah, and, just just okay. full of the problems. Just <laughs> exclusively racist. <laughs> and that 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 guy. Was, that's why we're gonna play yeah, it. So it was something on. special. Um, but speaking of, of something special, this I love this last, story. I love thing. this story. My, yeah, my brain hasn't been the same since the the. And I just want to get everybody's thoughts on the the hands nine chest cheating slash butt plug saga. Okay, well, so he did the butt plug is not true. That, that, you don't know that. that. Part is not you true. don't know that. No. <laughs> yes, I do know that because I watched. Like was the butt plug? Did, see, did you investigate was what was in his ass? Yeah. Did you go in that hole? This this is why I know it was fake because Ludwig started the fucking meme on his channel and like it got blown out of proportion <laughs> this is ridiculous listen the number one chess player in the world is saying this guy cheated it's magnus carlson and i won't ex- i won't oh, stand for he slander def- he definitely saying cheated, he cheated in person he did not cheat. i don't know how you cheat in person if you've been scanned up and down and padded around 
the only other answer is the human pocket. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining though, like for, and from, you know, future, uh, you know, chess tournaments that like, you know, the security guards doing all that stuff. They got to check what's in your ass now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, at the over, airports, the, the 3D body scan thing you walk through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And have one of those that poofs air on you. I yeah. just really want it to be true because props, not, prop. I don't care. I want it to be true. Yeah, props, you can't, conv- you can't props, convince yeah, me facts otherwise. Facts can't affect my feelings. Yeah. Props to Neiman for keeping a straight face and not ever giving the O as he got his his colon vibrated for an hour. That is incredible. Just, just, just getting his prostate stimulated for a straight up hour, just like ooh, uh, you know, say uh, night to E twelve or whatever. Yeah. No, and also the butt plug can't be true because one of the um, the allegations was he was, was like too composed or whatever. It was that he was too composed during like big moments of the match. So like, even if man, that know, just takes some training. Edging, that just takes some edging. Training. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like, yeah. have you never edged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that, but like when you edge, you still have a moat. Like you still are, you know. Speak for yourself, being pleasure. <laughs> Has this man talked to Sting before? He's a uh, tantric. Yeah, yeah. All he needs <laughs> is a guru. All he needs is a guru. Uh, you got to retain. You got to retain all all that. Michael Myers as the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a thing. I want women to love me, so then I will love myself. That movie was is underrated. Underrated for many <laughs> reasons. <laughs> yeah, Mariska Hargitay. Mariska <laughs> yeah. Hargitay. Hargitay. Uh, yeah. So th- there was an investigation though conducted by Chess.com found that Neiman has likely cheated in more than a hundred online games. But yeah, there's no, despite all the accusations, there's been no evidence to, uh, found that he has cheated, that he cheated against, uh, Magnus Carlson, the number one. How are, uh, how is every chess person named after a 1700s composer? I don't understand. Uh, I mean, because it's so there's a correlation here between the amount of people who would hang out with them when they were younger and the amount of time they had to play chess by themselves (laughs) based on their name. Yeah, just just on name alone. (laughs) I don't know how you look at Magnus. He's over there by himself. Like, let's throw dodgeballs at him. (laughs) I don't know what it's F.I.D.E. I I don't know if you if it's that's the chess like governing body. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But I don't know if you say like. Day or fide or if you just say fid but as yeah the world chess governing the body is silent eyed yeah they are <laughs> if it's if it's fide it's uh you know like fidelity they're, and yeah fide. there's they however are conducting their own investigation into into all this shit three person they're gonna animal. get a vibrating anal bead set and they're gonna inject like put it in him and see how long he can last on it <laughs> making... how timer set until you come uh, yeah, that's that's gonna you be. See your, uh, my, uh, you see, your honor, if the beads will not uh, read. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, I think absolutely. Regardless of whether it's true or not, absolutely legendary. Um, my brain has not been the same since, and you cannot convince me that he didn't he didn't cheat using his ass. Yeah. Episode title: If you can't read the beads, you cannot succeed. <laughs> So it's definitely going to be some some type of ass reference, uh, uh, 
uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I got today. We we moved through it at a at a good clip. So uh, plugs, plug time. Uh, you'll notice a difference, folks. You can follow us at Twitch at Campaign Comrades. That's what it's always been. <laughs> my trick. Uh, you can you know sub with your Twitch Prime. Do it, uh, or give us real money. Uh, but come see us uh, every week. You can or come fake sh- money. Fake money school too. Yeah, you can come join the conversation on Tuesdays when we do our uncut comrade stream, where we talk about all the various stories that couldn't make the cut for the pod. Um, but then, yeah, we've got our individual game streams. Um, Mike, hit him with hit him with your own plug. Well, I mean, first of all, you can catch me at TCG Player Cut the Mic Gaming. But another plug, there's a change.org petition going around to replace Chris Pratt with Kujin for the voice Go of Gene! Oh Yeah, a real, a, a, real, a real Brooklyner. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So go sign that. Hell yeah. Man, you're going to have to say maybe I have to put a link to that in the fucking show notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. We will see you next time. Arriva Dirce. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.